Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with John and Jonathan. Yes, sir. I am Jonathan Conlon. And I'm John Agastaska. We <laughs> love talking in these mics, don't we? <laughs> we do. It's, uh, you know... It's really... It brings us up to a whole nother level, this podcast. Second time here in... Uh, Studio, uh, studio, and it's uh, it makes you feel more professional. Absolutely, doesn't it? it's great to see you. How you doing? It's good to see you too. I am doing all right. It's been busy. We are going to talk about October 2022. What happened? What didn't happen? What trends are out there? And what we predict is what, going to happen? How's well, that? I don't like predicting. If word. I was able to predict, I don't think we'd be even. Be no, here. we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have to. How about the, the educated people. guesses? Yes. Right. Educated guesses are hunches where we think the trends are going. And uh, still a decent amount of contract signed. We're just under 800 for the month of October. Again, comparing it to 2021, it's a, certainly a low number. Yep. And the most interesting thing that jumped out uh, at me, and we were just talking about it, is the uh, we're 42% down from October of last year. Correct. That's high. I mean, the highest one month before that year over year was July at 37%. Then we had in the 20s. So now we're at 42%, uh, which certainly makes sense because still 2021 was was a banner year, mm -hmm. uh, even at the tail end of 2021. All those this is all based on contract signs. So we were still seeing a lot of contracts being done last year, even in October. And that fall market was still very strong. And now we have challenges. Contract signed numbers were actually up month over month, up 4% between September of this year and October of this year. So we, we, I don't think we can make a blanket statement that, oh my gosh, yes, we are seeing a trend downward in terms of the numbers of contracts that are being signed. As we've discussed on Real Talk, 2020 was a real challenging year because we had it was not a year to compare stats to, and 2021 also. So we go back to 19, and now we are seeing, given this last month of activity, an actual decrease in the volume based on this year versus 2019. Correct. Yeah. 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 So that's our, our good baseline as we talk about 2019 pre-COVID year. 2019 was actually uh, a little bit of a slower year until right. the very end, because we remember the first quarter of 2020. 2020 uh, was, was really very good. good. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing now and what explains that 10% fewer contracts from October 2019 is that was the market starting to gear up actually a little bit. And we had perhaps a little bit busier uh, October. Then we started to come to the realization that that was happening that first quarter of 2020. And then, of course, then it, we got everything. Some, yeah. Everything hit the fan. That's right. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So we have not seen a tremendous amount of inventory hit the market. Right. So at 7,500 units on the market, that is almost low inventory, I would say, yeah. for Manhattan, where yeah. we, we're usually between eight and 9,000 listings. So it's kind of like this push and pull in the marketplace, don't you think? Yeah, it still And then exists. we have the high yeah. interest rates, the 7% interest rates. We have a stock market that continues to do, you know, up today, down tomorrow. The inventory being only at 7,500, we would be have a different dialogue totally. right now. If we were north of 10,000 units Absolutely. or something, we'd be in trouble. All that tells me uh, going higher level is there's less people putting their apartments on the market because of what they're hearing and what they're seeing in the statistics out there, like it being a a, a tricky market. So even just seeing the interest rates go up, sellers that were maybe, well, I'd sell if I could blah, 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 you know, get X amount or whatever, or trade quickly. Now they're just saying, 
I'll wait and see, just like buyers do. That uncertainty in the market will keep people from listing and also keep people from buying if the if the sellers don't really need to sell. Correct. And we see that in some of our negotiations where, you know, you put in a, a good offer relative to the comps and the current market state, you know, versus 2021. I just went through one of these right now and we're at a standstill because Correct. the seller's like, well, you know, I would sell if I yeah. could get to this number. And I'm like, well, you know, what can you do? Your buyer doesn't want to buy in an uncertain time. You have a strong buyer. Okay, well, maybe we'll wait. And that's, you know, that unfortunately- It's a kiss of death. It's Well, sometimes it's kiss of death for sellers because Correct. time is usually a big devalue, the biggest devaluing factor. But for buyers, it's like, okay, we'll hold off. Let's just have some patience and we'll see if the seller comes down to reality. Absolutely. Um, I think so that, I think that, that. This, the buyers definitely- definitely have far more clout in this market yeah. than the sellers do. Yeah. And the realistic sellers, the sellers who are going to entertain the offers, albeit lower than what they had, that preconceived idea as far as what their apartment was uh, valued for, what they wanted to achieve, are able to make the deals. Yeah. And we're seeing that in new development uh, and the bigger apartments over $5 million They've seen the le the most softening, correct? So yes. above five million, and then below one million, the least softening. So right. that would tell me that you'll have developers who are not going to be apt to take significantly lower numbers. Yeah, you can make the case that the people in that category that are buying five to ten to twenty million dollar apartments are not are insulated from the stock market. They don't, mm -hmm. but it's that's having a bearing. You know the the insecurity in the stock market and then or they just may not want to uh if they can get a good deal they'll get the good deal and so we have that kind of standoff but then below million i would say that when you have studios one bedroom apartments that are trading they're the buyers that are taking advantage of the rate trying to get in before they yeah. perceive possibly even more increases in the interest rates yeah and i was thinking about this the other day when you have below like the the typical profile of a buyer below a million dollars is a young professional starting yep. out maybe they're getting help from a lot of people get help here until they're 40 years old with their first purchase because the liquidity is such a uh, a challenge in the co-ops um, getting enough having enough post-purchase liquidity but uh you can listen to a podcast on that if you uh you know we ha i'm pretty sure we have one we in have, the hopper we have somewhere. a couple of course but but no those people below a million dollars you would think right out of the gates well the interest rate's going to really curb that uh, that buyer from actually buying it's going to stop them from buying but if you think about it people generally in that category don't have a lot of liquidity to put down they'll take uh, they're okay spending a little bit more on a monthly basis because usually they're income heavy and less assets. And that's why parents that's get involved. Point. So they're looking at it as, okay, yeah, it's costing me a little bit more, but maybe now I can get in at a little bit lower price. I can feel good about purchasing something uh, in terms of I'm paying a little, maybe perhaps, I'm not saying this is across the board, but perhaps pay a little bit less than the last person that bought and yeah, okay, I'm locking in an interest rate. They're also usually trade quicker than if uh, you're buying a, a three or four bedroom apartment in the Upper East Side, you know, with, to, with a growing family and such with kids going to school and blah, blah, blah. They may be looking at, yeah, it's for five years. So they can actually quantify the additional expense and they have the income to carry that. So they're, and, and of course, rents, which we've Correct. seen have gone through the that. roof. 
um, they're going to be spending that money anyways. So oh, why not correct. invest or, it? Or buying, even at the higher interest rate, they're going to be spending less than what they would on a rental. Right. That's right. Correct. Now, we've seen the rentals soften. So, and that's typical, that's partially seasonality. So after we get past the, the rush of the September 1st start dates on leases, we start to see them soften a bit. And then the winter months are, are, are much softer. But from what we hear, obviously we're not out there pounding the pavement on rentals ourselves typically, but our guys on the team are, and they are seeing, you know, some more no fee rentals come out and, you know, uh, people feeling that softness, whether it's seasonality or overall, we'll, t we'll see in the spring. You bring but, up really, really excellent points. Thank you. But there's one point also that I want to make, which is looking at the buyer profile below a million dollars, they are interest rate sensitive, okay? Absolutely. But you made a very good point. The salary's higher than what the post-closing liquidity would be. Additionally, a buyer buying a studio home or a one-bedroom home, their time horizon is much less. Mm -hmm. So they're able to secure, let's say, a seven-year, five-year, even a 10-year ARM product, adjustable right. rate mortgage product, which is going to bring down their monthly. So there's a little bit of manipulating there that they yeah. can do and take that. That would be a case for someone versus somebody in, a let's say, a three-bedroom that needs to finance where they're going to lock in for the long haul. Yeah. And speaking on that point, actually, we got an email from Eric from Wells Fargo that we work with all the time with an example at a much higher price point. Somebody took about a $2 million mortgage, and uh, the they bought down their rate. Um, I think it cost them, you know, it cost them a decent amount, like mm -hmm. 30 you know, $30,000 or something on a $2 million. But they got what? But they brought down the rate to the point where it was saving them like $600 a month. Very good. So yeah, if somebody's buying for, uh, you know, say a, a couple that's, or, or a buyer that's looking and they're going to hold it for 20 years, well, you make that up in five years. Correct. Then you're ahead of the game and you've locked in that lower interest rate. And at least from Wells Fargo's perspective, from what we're hearing from him is that ratio for how much it costs to buy down the rate, it's gotten much better. Um, and so it's a little cheaper to buy down the rate than, mm -hmm. than historically. So, anyways, there's right. options. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot to talk about, as always. But in our most market, importantly, but... we'll talk about it with the buyer, or the seller. Yeah, absolutely. You know, counsel. Call That's us. what we do. Call us, please. please. Please call us. All right. So the last statistic we look at is days on market. So it is 126 days. See, I stole the statistic from you. A little uh, over four months. Up ten. <laughs> up ten percent um, from October of last year. That's the market sort of normalizing a little bit. But again, we talked about this yesterday when we were going through the statistics. That only gets locked in once something goes to contract. So it'd be interesting to know, like, well, what's the average amount of time that all the listings that are currently on the market as of the end of October, what does that number look like versus previous times? But it, but then it factors in all sorts of apartments that are severely overpriced or something that have been sitting out there for three years, which they do exist. Only a very slight increase in days on market between September and October. So it's basically the same. And as we look at these stats, it's most, I think, important to look at the trend of the stat versus yeah. concentrating month over month or week week over week. But you know, you can't overlook the fact that the number of contracts signed are down significantly year over year. Yeah. And I think just as we've discussed, the bombing in Ukraine, the well, uh, 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 uh,
uh, midterm elections. That as well. So I think a, over the last month, that that in and of itself could have been a focus. And we talked about this last last month, where you know it's it's not normally a big to do the midterms, but since the divisiveness has been introduced into our more divisiveness in our political world, um, those midterms have become more. Uh, more paramount and sure. more, and and higher level or higher priority in people's minds. So that in and of itself could have really hurt the uh, the October numbers um, uh, to some degree. You know, who knows whether so. It, we always take the statistics with a grain of salt. We have to, you know, the more we get, uh, the higher number of transactions and months or whatever that we can uh, look at gives us a better, a bigger data set, which then allows us to sort of extrapolate from. And uh, it, it does appear at 43, 42% um, that it's a little bit higher right now, but we'll see what happens next next month. Buyers. I think, who have been looking for a while or are looking at great value and can find it are prepared to make the move. So we have this, um, we're, we're busy in our, in, on some of our proper, some of our listings, and we're not so busy on others. You are very busy with your buyers looking for apartments and making deals. So there are definitely buyers in the marketplace and there are sellers, albeit in my opinion, some sellers are simply unrealistic in this marketplace. Mm -hmm. You have sellers who don't need to sell their apartments, who have their apartments on the market, and that the low amount of traffic is evident on that. And then you have other people who are saying, where do I need to be in order to make the deal happen? So yeah. again, we'll see, but you know, we, we sell at any, any season of the marketplace. Yeah. I think, well, the one thing we didn't talk about, or the one factor that's sort of changed and the last statistic that came out was around the inflation. So inflation numbers oh, that's right. came down a curbed bit. a little bit. So now whether that's going to be the same next time or not, if that continues to sort of get under control a little bit more, and you know, continue I, to decrease. Yeah, I have I have hopes that uh the spring market will will be more uh much more rewarding for uh for the industry than what the fall was. But and Interest rates, you know, we hear from, again, from our guy at Wells Fargo, it says he thinks rates are going to come down next year. Right now, there's ways to buy down that rate, et cetera, like, like we mentioned. But, um, you know, if these things were, thankfully, were past the midterms, it will give people a little bit more faith in, okay, well, that's, maybe that's going to stabilize a little bit better, be a little bit better in my, what I think is better. Um, so, again, lots of factors, but I do have high hopes that the uh, I mean, I feel like I say this every time we go through seasonality and stuff like, oh, I, I said it before the fall season. Hopefully, I think the fall is squaring away and then things moved against us and it, you know, did not did not turn out the way I'd hoped it had. It would. But we shall see. We get through the holidays. That's a big hurdle to get over because mm -hmm. everybody starts focusing on it. I think the way that everything is right now, my expectation through the end of the year is that we're going to see. Um, still this continued slowness, certainly compared to last year, but that breeds opportunity. And Definitely. even people seeing Absolutely. these statistics that the firms are putting out and such, and the press will obviously sensationalize, that will push people into the market because they're like, well, let's get out there now and try to secure something now. So it, it is a very tough, as always, it's a tough market to, to call. As you 
really accurately said, we've talked in August about having it be such a great opportune time. Sellers get a little nervous. It's the end of the summer. But now with seasonality here and the holiday time period, and you have sellers end of year who really want to get out and a buyer that is serious in this marketplace, there's great opportunities. The West Side real estate, which usually is really, really tight and things are going in multiple bids, blah, blah, blah. There's opportunity there. We have a great listing that's seen a little bit far less traffic than we assumed. And now um, same with uh, larger listings that have been on the market for a long time or listings in all different price categories. So you just got to pick your, pick your battles. And if people need to jump in the market, I think now's the time to, that we'd like to apply for the job. It's time for you to reach out to us. Absolutely. We'll we'll talk you through it. And and maybe it'll make more sense. They want to list. We'll talk about listing in the spring market. How's that? Things are still happening. For now to the audience, be healthy, safe, and most of all, Remain in gratitude. Absolutely, like right. we do every day. Enjoy we'll see you next month. Family time, and we will talk to you, yeah, next month. Good vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlinteam.com, or you can find us on all social media with the handle at gestaskaconlinteam. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.